Is pelvic floor therapy mostly for women who've had children? No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think we associate it the most yeah. with women who have had children um, okay. because we see kind of the most prevalence in like, you Got know, it. vaginal tearing or C-section or pain mm. with sex or leaking urine, prolapse, like all these okay. things, right? Got it. But men have pelvic floors and mm. we see you know, like a lot of men who have persistent pelvic pain and bladder issues. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of men when I worked in California who had a lot of sexual dysfunction and pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing now too, in our younger women population, especially our female athletes, uh, we're seeing some incontinence and pelvic floor dysfunction with some of our like jumping sports, like gymnastics, Mm -hmm. volleyball, any sort of like kind of high dynamic where it's like a lot of load on the pelvic floor muscles. You're listening to the Imperfect PCOS Podcast, where we share no BS science-backed strategies to put your PCOS into remission. I'm your host, Corey Ruth, aka The Women's Dietitian. Let's get into it. Welcome, Marcy. I am so happy to have you on my podcast because I was a guest on yours and we've done a couple of other collab since then. So I immediately thought of you when I was thinking of how I can provide the women who are listening to my podcast with some excellent pelvic floor therapy tools and tricks and info because it's definitely needed. And it's not something that we get really, I would say any education at all on. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So I can't wait. And Marcy, I'm going to just kind of start with a little intro here. Marcy Crouch is known as the down there doc on social media. She's a mama. She's a doctor. She's dedicated to serving, empowering, and equipping women in the birthing community from birth prep through postpartum recovery. Providing elevated care and setting a new standard for women, Marcy arms her clients with confidence, valuable tips, and information that will maintain their physical health and wellness for a lifetime. Welcome, Marcy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat with you. I always love our nice. conversations. So I yeah. thank you so much for thinking about me and all yeah. that great stuff. So I'm happy to talk shop. You know me. I will awesome. talk about vaginas until <laughs> the cows come home. <laughs> yes. I love that. And I love that about you. Well, let's let's begin with always, you know, kind of the 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 first question, which is I want listeners to know a little Mm -hmm. bit more about you, your personal Mm -hmm. journey, how you got into pelvic floor therapy. It is such a, well, I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe we don't feel like this when we're like fully immersed in these, these areas, but I feel like it's such a niche place to me. So tell us, tell us that story that. Yeah. Yeah. I love, yes. I love telling the story because it's like, every time I tell it, I just, it brings me back to like, you know, and it's just like, yeah. So I will say you're totally right. This is a niche or niche or, you know, kind of however you say it for physical therapy. A lot of times people don't really understand that there's physical therapists who specialize in this type of work. And we'll kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, explain what that means later. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time now and there are more of us coming kind of into the space, but it's still not talked about for lots of reasons. It's not very Mm -hmm. common. So yeah, it is even now, you know, I get people who are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that this was a thing. And how do you like, what is this? And what do you mean? You know? So it's always, I love like the education piece of this because I think a lot of times, like once people hear 
kind of what we do as public floor PTs. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I have something like that, mm-hmm. or my friend has that, or I mm-hmm. heard about that, you know, and it kind of just like brings women and moms together a bit, you know, because yes. we we start to realize that we're not so isolated and we're not, right. you know, going through a lot of the stuff on our own. So totally. yeah, so my so it's funny because I started doing this work kind of right out of the gate. So I was in graduate school for physical therapy, getting um, my doctorate in LA and I had just gotten married. So I was like a newlywed. I was younger. None of my friends had gotten married yet. Mm. Nobody that I knew was having kids. It like mm. wasn't even on the radar, you know? Yeah. And I was like, right. I'm never going to get married and I'm never having kids. Uh, I was like, uh, totally. On us. Look at us now. Yes. I know. Like first one that got married. So I was in grad school and I had thought that I was going to go into kind of what, you know, is, is typical for physical therapy. So Mm -hmm. sports, orthopedics, you know, whatever. And we're in, it's our first semester, first anatomy class. Mm -hmm. And we're, I remember it, you know, like it was yesterday. I remember what I was wearing, (laughs) I remember where I was sitting. (laughs) I remember the professor and we still talk about it this professor and I like, you know, 16 years later. I'm like, it was you. It was you. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. She's like, I know. know." So she brings up, she's teaching the section on, you know, spinal musculature and she goes Mm -hmm. into the pelvis and pelvic floor Mm -hmm. and shows a picture of the pelvic floor muscles, which is like, you know, shows a picture of kind of the vaginal opening and the anal opening and, you know, and I'm looking at it and, and I'm just like, wow, that's a lot of muscles. (laughs) And then she, (laughs) she uses the example of a woman who had a significant vaginal tear during childbirth Mm. and then had a lot of problems afterwards in her life in terms of Mm. pain and incontinence Mm. and all these things. Got it. And Corey, I remember I was like staring at that picture and my mouth just opened. Like I just you're like, no, I'm never having kids. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was like, what? Yeah. You tear? Oh, like, yeah. I was like, what do you tear? Like, I I know it was like something was completely, yes. it like blew my mind. It was like one wow. of those life changing moments. And I was like, yes. what in the good Lord? Like how? Yes. And so I just, that made like a really big impact on me. And yeah. I became super interested in it and decided that that was, you know, something that I'd like to pursue after mm-hmm. doing some education and research, like knowing there's not, not a lot of PTs out there, yes. but it's this huge population of women and moms right. who are, you know, having these common, but not normal right. problems mm-hmm. that are lasting years and years and years and really influencing their everyday function and quality of mm-hmm. life. And I was like, how can we be like, these highly educated PTs, right. That are like movement experts, injury prevention, rehab people, like, you know, getting high level athletes back on the court, like all of these things, like, how are we doing this? But we're not even like talking about this injury that happens with moms. And I was just like, as a medical professional and as like a rehab person, I was like, that Mm -hmm. makes zero sense. Like, I don't understand that. So I just, like that's really all I've ever done. I mean, yeah. I 
I tried to get as many clinical rotations as I could in women's health and and pregnancy postpartum stuff and pelvic floor issues. And I went right into residency after I graduated. And then I've been fortunate enough to work in clinics and locations that were, you know, pretty much solely pelvic floor and women's health. So Mm -hmm. I will say like, it it is my specialty. I'm not great with like elbows, Mm -hmm. you know, or ankles, but um, yeah, but I'm like, tell me everything about your vagina, yeah. <laughs> your birth. I want to know everything about that. But yes. I mean, I started in it, you know, before I had kids and it's just, okay. it's been, yeah, it's just, it's been great, but surprising to me when I started, I guess I should say, you know, right. Oh my gosh. Amazing. You've come full circle. There's no way around it. PCOS is complex and multifaceted. What we know about it, including how best to treat it, is constantly changing. That's why I've dedicated my life's work to helping women put their PCOS into remission. Inside my signature program, the PCOS Boss Academy, women lose weight permanently without restriction and master their most stubborn PCOS symptoms. If you're looking to get pregnant or want to be a mom in the future, my ultra-successful Get Pregnant with PCOS program supports moms-to-be every step of the way in conquering PCOS symptoms and bringing home the baby of their dreams. Plus, there's an additional weight loss mode to check into. These are all of the science-backed nutrition and lifestyle tweaks you need to improve your PCOS and change your life from a qualified healthcare provider and leading PCOS expert in the field. Ultimately, we are in control of our PCOS, and I would love to work with you inside one of my upcoming programs so you can step into the best version of yourself and start feeling like you again. So yeah, is, is pelvic floor therapy, and this is just a general question, is it mostly for women who've had children or do... Okay. Yeah. So, that's a great question. It's a great question. No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think we associate it the most yeah. with women who have had children um, okay. because we see kind of the most prevalence in like, you Got know, it. vaginal tearing or C-section or pain mm. with sex or leaking urine, prolapse, like all these okay. things, right? Got it. But men have pelvic floors and mm. we see, you know, like a lot of men who have persistent pelvic pain and bladder issues. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of men when I worked in California who, mm-hmm. you know, were had a lot of sexual dysfunction and pelvic pain. Mm. And what we're seeing now too in our younger women population, especially our female athletes, we're seeing some incontinence and pelvic floor dysfunction with some of our like jumping sports. So yeah, like gymnastics, Mm -hmm. volleyball, any sort of like kind of high dynamic where it's like a lot of load on the pelvic floor muscles. Um, And I've seen there's a pediatric subspecialty of pelvic floor stuff. So there's Mm. pediatric PTs who do pelvic floor issues for kiddos that are having um, like chronic UTIs, Mm -hmm. nighttime bed wetting, chronic constipation, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And then I've seen a lot of younger women who haven't had babies yet, but have maybe frequent UTIs, yeast infections, they have kind of this, like the cycle of inflammation and infection. And they start Mm -hmm. to get pelvic floor issues. And then like they, you know, sex becomes painful or they can't Mm. put a tampon in, or I've had women who could never like, weren't able to consummate their marriages. Like there's all sorts of different kind of Mm -hmm. layers. So it really is for anyone and everyone. I tend to specialize more in the pregnancy and postpartum because that's kind of where my passion really lies and, and where I'm, 
I'm kind of like niching down a little mm-hmm. bit more, but, right. um, but yes, from like a, from like a clinical kind of practice standpoint, uh, mm-hmm. we, see, we can see anybody okay. at any age. Okay. Really. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't even think about the men having those issues. When I, Ooh. when I was growing up, we had a, we got a trampoline in our backyard yeah. and I remember <laughs> saying, mom, and I think I talked to you about this on my, on your podcast. I said, mom, come jump with me. Come jump on the trampoline mm-hmm. with me. And yep. my mom would say, and let me tell you too, my mom is maybe like a hundred pounds and I was an almost 10 pound baby and she uh, had yes. two unmedicated <laughs> vaginal births. Okay. Oh so God. that's just a separate yeah. scene. Um, and so mom come jump with me and she'd be like, Oh no, honey. And I, one day I really was like, mom, why can't you jump with me? Like what? Yeah. I really want to play with you. And she goes, well, honey, like I, I might pee my pants a little bit if I jump on the trampoline, and it made no sense. Like, why? I could never connect. I was like, "Aren't you potty trained? What's going on? Right. <laughs> What's happening?" And then, yeah. and I never really thought about it again. And then, and I was always jumping the trampoline. When I was after I had my daughter, I was with my fiance's family, and we were—they had a trampoline. And his little, his little cousins were, or his little nieces and nephews were like, come jump with me. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I jumped on. Guess what? Immediately. Immediately. I felt a drop in my underwear. And I, was like, oh, I know what my mom was talking about all yeah. that time. Yeah. So yeah, very interesting there. Yes. Um, yeah. That's just, it's fascinating, you know, how much changes, everything changes. I feel like yeah. we have babies. So how does, tell me how you can work with clients. Like how, how, like walk us through how Mm -hmm. pelvic floor therapy might benefit somebody. You know, Mm -hmm. what are like the, the, maybe Mm -hmm. um, a few of the top most common issues that you see and how you help women to make improvements there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you, you know, the trampoline story is like so relatable. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like everybody, yeah, everybody is like, tra- like trampoline, you know, bounce houses, <laughs> yeah, stupid, you know, indoor bouncy, you know, yeah. like ball pits of death places yeah. that we take our kids, you know, all of that <laughs> stuff. It's like, it affects everyone. It's like, as soon as you say like, oh, I'm not going on the trampoline. Like yeah. you just look at the next mom next to you yeah. and, like, and you're just like, oh, no. right? I know. It. It's like, you don't even have mm-hmm. to say anything or know her. Right. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that kind of brings, brings it to like the most common kind of issues that we see in pelvic floor PT. So okay. in in my world as like pregnancy and postpartum, mm-hmm. I would say kind of the most common would be leaking urine. So that's, okay. you know, leaking pee with yes. either the urge to urinate, like some people will get, you know, that urge, like, okay, I have to go pee. And then they're like, yes. oh crap. I can't hold it. And then like okay. you leak everywhere with that urge or like on your way to the bathroom. Okay. The second type of incontinence is called stress incontinence. So this is where what you're describing with like the jumping. So this is where you leak urine with, yeah, like laugh, cough, sneeze. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Throwing up. (laughs) I did that while running. Yeah. Jumping jacks, exercise. Yes. Things where like you are doing like, yes, like increased downward pressure on the pelvic. Okay. It. It's like stressful. Not so because my vagina is stressed out. Totally. Okay. I mean, sometimes. Happy, yeah, I guess it is. It would be. <laughs> sometimes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my vagina gets stressed out a lot. Oh my so God. I feel yes, like she, she is very sensitive, that one. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. Yes. She's one, she's one of our, yes. <laughs> my maintenance. 
And then, yeah, so that would be one that's very, very common. And then the second thing would be prolapse. So this is where we have our pelvic organs. So our bladder, urethra, cervix, rectum, Mm -hmm. uterus kind of sit a little bit lower in the vaginal canal after being pregnant or having babies. And this is also kind of due from like weakness in the pelvic floor and some Mm. lack of support. So oftentimes prolapse and leaking kind of go hand in hand. Can I ask Uh, a question there? Yeah. Prolapse. Yeah. I have a friend who, um, we're not close, but I should quit like a friend of a friend basically. And she has two babies under two. Mm. She had prolapse after her second. Is it more mm-hmm. common to experience that or any of these issues? If you have babies closer together, I've always thought about that. And I want to think about prolapse and like my friend, like, yeah, yeah. It's a really great question. And the literature is kind of mixed on that. Okay, um, I would say like anecdotally what I see and like, just from a mechanical standpoint, mm-hmm. like Yes, that would make sense. It makes sense me, right? in my head. Totally. Yeah. Because okay. there's not a lot of like recovery time, mm-hmm. right? And and sometimes like right. people will have, and this is interesting too that we can kind of talk about, but C-sections, even mm-hmm. if you have like a planned C-section and oh, you're not doing right. any pushing or vaginal uh-huh. birth, you can still have these issues because- <laughs> it's not necessarily like the birth that does it. It can be like the strain of the pregnancy because that's like, yeah, yeah, it's like nine months of increased weight. That's just getting heavier and heavier and heavier on like a group of tiny muscles. right? Right. So I think, you know, if there's not a lot of time in between pregnancies, Mm. And we haven't kind of like regained that, you know, strength Strength. and rehab portion back. Like I would say, yeah, you probably are at an increased risk to having something like that. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And some, some of the other risk factors would be, well, I would, I should say some studies say that it's like the first baby that does it. Like Mm. some studies are like, Mm. doesn't matter. First baby that comes out the chute mm, everything does it. Maybe. And then everything else kind of just yeah. like either stays the same or, you know, maybe gets worse. Okay. Other studies say, nope, it's like the compounding, you know, multi-parity, uh, right? Okay. It's like the more babies you have, the more prolapse you could potentially have. Now, okay. hmm. I've seen it both ways in the clinic, Okay, you know, and I mean, I've got a, I had a mom who had six children. Oh gosh. And mom. Yeah. Super mom, six kids. And she had like, not that bad of a prolapse. I mean, it was there, but it was like the same amount as somebody that had two babies, you know? And then I've seen people that have like one baby have like a very significant prolapse. So there's lots of risk factors and Mm -hmm. lots of different, you know, things that contribute to prolapse, like genetics, size of the baby, position, instruments, like all these things. But this is like a tangent. (laughs) But but yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely like different types kind of, you know, risk factor wise. Okay. So yeah, so prolapse would be one and prolapse isn't painful. It's more like you could see it, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're in the shower after Mm -hmm. you had a baby and like, you know, you're wiping or the first time you look in a mirror and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> like, not, what am I looking at? <laughs> I did not do that. Yeah. I wish Don't, I out because I'm curious, but I did not. Yeah. I was too scared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be for sure. Um, You might like notice like a little pink, you know, kind of ball of tissue that you didn't mm. notice before. Um, okay. And it can, can contribute to feelings of like, like heaviness or mm-hmm. bulkiness. Like something is kind of like 
falling okay. out of the vagina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's um, but it doesn't hurt. Okay. You know, it's not hurt. For, okay. So okay. prolapse leaking. And then the third most common would be painful sex after okay. having a baby, whether you have C-section or vaginal delivery. Okay. Because of all those reasons that I said, you know, just okay. sometimes the load of the pregnancy will cause yeah. muscles to get tight. And okay. if you had a vaginal delivery and had any sort of tearing or trauma, scar tissue can form, which can be very painful. Muscles mm-hmm. can get super tight, which can be painful mm-hmm. and difficult to, you know, put something into the vaginal canal. So those kind of are the three. There's lots of other ones, you know, core weakness and back pain and Mm. tailbone pain and anal fecal incontinence. Like there's all sorts of things, but I would say kind of, those are the three big ones. And then we have some subsets under each of those. Okay. So would you say then that if someone is listening here and they Mm. are experiencing either urinary leakage for any of those reasons mm-hmm. we talked about either just, you know, kind of not being able to hold it or some physical yep. pressure or whatever, yeah. or any kind of prolapse issues or any kind of um, pain, pain, pain during sex, then they are somebody who is a perfect candidate for pelvic yeah. therapy and they should be seeking out help because these things are not normal. Normal. Totally. Okay. okay. And I would even say too, Corey, that, yeah. um, what I'm seeing and part of the reason why I went kind of online, right. Mm-hmm. And like transferred over to the online space yeah. is like kind of the shift into some preventative stuff. Okay, well. cool. And so I'm trying to reach women mm. who might awesome. be pregnant for the first time yeah. and don't have any issues yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't had the baby yet. They're doing yes. okay but we're trying to prepare them for the delivery to reduce the risk Got of it. pelvic floor issues down the road. Cool. Which is like super exciting and really fun yeah. oh, um, because that. we're starting to really educate women and new moms on what birth actually is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It, and like, it's... yeah. And <sighs> what to like really expect and what yes. to, how to go into this process being you know, armed with information and empowered. And even if there's like something scary happens or something Mm -hmm. kind of happens that we didn't quite plan for or can't plan for, Mm -hmm. you can have, you can still have a great experience and have better outcomes Mm -hmm. because you knew that that was a possibility, right? Like a lot of times what happens, and I'm sure you could probably relate to this being a mom Mm -hmm. is that it's like, we don't know anything. Right. And then, you know, something happens, we have a big yeah. tear or episiotomy, or we have to go to C-section or the baby, right. you know, something happens. And we're like, oh my God, we didn't even know that yes. that was like on the table. Right. And so then there's all these feelings of like, well, I should have done this, or I should have asked this. And why don't they don't tell me about this? And I didn't know about my pelvic floor. And I didn't know that there were like, you know, the nurse told me I had to give birth in this position. And there's all these like things that could be changed. Right. So So yeah, so definitely if if there are symptoms present a hundred percent, you know, appropriate, but also I think, and well, actually I should say, I know Mm -hmm. that everybody should come in for public floor assessment Yes, regardless of symptoms. You know? I so agree. Yeah. I so agree. Because I think that we could catch a lot of things and we could do a better job of preparing and then even like in between births too, you know, like 
just like you would go in and see your OB or your midwife or whatever, I think people need to come in and see pelvic floor PT, get a baseline, yes. you know, teach you some things about birth and delivery, what you can do exercise-wise, stretching-wise, yes. pelvic floor-wise, bladder health-wise. Then at that six-week mark, you come back when you see your OB, get into therapy, start rehab. You know, there's just so many places that we can insert this type of care that's not there now. And it would really solve a lot of problems. (laughs) And it's it's a little crazy to me that it's not standard. I know. Other countries, I think from people that I've just talked to, like on Instagram and, you know, followers mm. and stuff, whenever I post about it, they're like, oh, well, here in Denmark or, you know, wherever they are, mm. um, we get, yeah. it, it's an it's an included thing. Like that's an automatic. I'm like, what is wrong with us? Yeah. Yeah. France does it automatically. Yeah. 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 Why can't they be like France? I don't know. Uh, I actually asked my doctor this time after I had my son my second and last baby, I asked him um, if I could get a referral. And I live in a rural area. So I was fully expecting him to say, we don't have anyone in the area. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, at least I asked, you know? Yeah. And what I was told instead, and this is no shade to docs, but I I think we're just, we don't have enough education around this topic. Um, And our doctor's Uh not educated enough about this topic. I was told, oh, that's if you tear, what did he say? That's if you tear north, south, east to west or something like that. If you you tear like level 10 all the way, what he said, something like he was, he's a funny guy. He said something like, that's if you're like, you tear and you're like blown open or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think that's correct. Um, No. Cause I really wanted to work from that preventative side. And I, at the time, um, you know, I really felt like I needed it. And luckily some of those things resolved and it was kind of just a postpartum very quickly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like, wow, that's, if that's what we're being told, you know, you can yeah. see, he knows I work in healthcare, right? So if mm. I'm being told that, then imagine, yeah. you know, what others believe about this really important area that they can get better care in. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny because you're in Canada, right? Are you no, in California? Oh, you're in California. Okay. Yeah. Why did I think Canada for some reason? Um, I'm uh, yeah, right on the California, Oregon border. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's so funny because like, <laughs> I have heard so many things, you yeah. know, it's like, I've heard yeah. so many responses oh, me too. and, yeah. and I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And you would assume that mm. as somebody like you know, goes through the career for a long time, you know, kind of these responses change, right? As we would get more evidence and (laughs) as we would, this becomes a little bit more, yeah, Yeah. it doesn't, Uh, it doesn't. I mean, it's like like that response is something that, you know, I've had patients in Los Angeles tell me that they've heard. So it doesn't even matter whether you're in like a rural area or a booming metropolis, Mm. that's a common response. Either like you don't need it. It's normal. That's only for people who like, you know, are blown open. Yeah. Like Like, I was, I mean, right. Like, yeah. Right. Came out fast furious. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) or it's, or it's like, wait until you're done having kids. You know, what's the point of doing Uh, it now? Or uh, just wear a pad. And then when you're older, we'll have surgery. I mean, there's no like, yeah. And it's just, it's so frustrating because that doesn't happen in any other aspect of musculoskeletal injury. And that 
really Mm -hmm. is what this Mm -hmm. boils down to. Mm -hmm. Like this is a muscle injury, whether it's torn or cut or overused or whatever, it's a muscle problem, muscle nerve joint issue, right? So like just take out the word pelvic floor and insert you know, shoulder (laughs) or rotator cuff. And the response to that would not be wait (laughs) until you're, you know, have shoulder. Yeah. Like, oh, that's only for people whose arm gets amputated. You know, it's like, (laughs) that's, it's not the same, but it's the same, you know, injury. So yes, that really is also part of the driving force behind kind of coming out of the clinic and working more in the virtual space because there are a lot of limitations about accessing this care, that being one of them, like the response from doctors to like geographic, you know, there's just not a lot of us out there. I mean, I had patients when I worked in Los Angeles that would fly in to see me. I had patients wow. who worked in San Francisco that would fly in for a week. Like Amazing. people would do it, you know, yeah. because like they don't have that type of care. Right. So you're limited by geography. Yeah. You're limited by time, mm. you know, being a mom, mm. it's hard, yeah. you know, right. like I have two small kids, you know, I like when they're sick, you know, I got to close the clinic and I like, know. that's not fair mm. for anybody. I mean, it's all, mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a lot of patients that would come in, you know, postpartum. And then as soon as I go back to work, maternity leave is over. Mm. You can't keep up with your own appointments because you have, <laughs> I know. you've already used all your paid time off. You yeah. have to get the kids to school. You're paying childcare. Yeah. You can't leave so work true. in the middle of the day. Like there's all these barriers. Yes. So, so true. So like the virtual, so I'm like, okay, how can we give the best part of what we're doing in the clinic, you know, transform it into a way that you can um, mm-hmm. get the same benefit, but do it, you know, like virtually. So anybody that. could do it without the limitations of schedule, geography, mm-hmm. insurance, okay. referrals, time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff, you yeah. know, because those barriers are for everyone, everyone is yes. experienced. Yeah. And so that shouldn't be the reason why you can't get pelvic floor care because you're leaking your, you know what I mean? Like right. it doesn't, makes sense to me. And I'm sure, uh, and a lot of women too, when they get responses like that, they think, oh, okay, well maybe I am crazy or, mm-hmm. oh, it is normal. Okay. Yes. So I, I guess this isn't a big deal or yeah. all right, well, maybe I'm just being too sensitive, you know, yes. like this yeah. kind of reinforcing mm. behavior that, yeah. you know, women's health doesn't matter. And that right. You just have to deal with it now yes. because you're a mom and that's what you wanted. So, you know, <laughs> shut the hell up about it. Yeah. Over a pad, right? Yeah. I doubt, I doubt <laughs> men if they, it's so true. I doubt men if they go in there for, you know, they're leaking urine out of their dicks. I I, I doubt they're given a diaper and told to have a nice day. And this, the very staunch feminist in me just gets really worked up about this. So we won't go yeah. on further, but yeah. yeah. No, uh, I know. I'm I mean, so grateful that you're in the space and you're just doing the Lord's work. Doing, <laughs> doing, like, doing the good work, you know, <laughs> doing the good work. but I mean, it's, it's very true. And there was yeah. this very poignant TikTok. I'll try to find it. Um, yeah. It was so sweet. It was like maybe a year ago, this mom posted mm. this picture. She was like, you know, a couple hours postpartum or it was a, it was a TikTok video, uh-huh. a couple hours postpartum, you know, she's in her diaper, uh-huh. you know, intense. yeah, super intense. Like, 
you know, she's crying as we've all been there. She's got a brand new baby mm-hmm. and she's talking about how, you know, she had all this care and all this support during pregnancy, all of these appointments, all of this attention, Yeah, you know, minute baby comes out. It's like all about the baby, you know, mom, she's like, mom gets pushed aside mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, she was concerned about her pain and about her leaking mm-hmm. and like, you know, and she was crying and she was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll just, you know, sit here in my diaper and shut up about it because, you know, now the baby's here. And it's like, so true, you know, and it's, yes. And it's just heartbreaking. And (laughs) it's 2023. I know. Right. Like, why is this still such a taboo issue? Like, why is that still, I don't understand that, you know? It's so true. I know. It's so true. Yeah. Oh yeah. And (laughs) that. I remember getting, um, getting when I had my, my baby, uh, my first one, cause my second one, I expected it, but my first one, I right. was given a Tylenol after oh. that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you think about what men get after a vasectomy, they get like narcotics mm-hmm. and it's like a 20 minute procedure and it's like mm-hmm. a, a day recovery. Um, mm-hmm. and I got some Tylenol and it was probably like a hundred dollars a pill, but we won't get into that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah we can go on and yeah. on, but yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah. They get like a snack. They're like, here, a eat snack. this. Yeah. They get like a sandwich. They're like, here, eat the sandwich before <laughs> we have this procedure. And here's an ice pack and you get to lay in this bed. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, Give me the scissors. Yeah. Like I'll happily do that shit. You know, like I don't, they don't need a sandwich. You know, I, know. I just got, I had I to get my IUD. Saltines. Oh, I know. And a sure. pack of peanut butter, Jif peanut butter and a Tylenol. That's what I got. Rude. Yeah. Yeah. So rude. I mean, I had to get my IUD put back in because, oh, it just fell out the other day. Oh, <laughs> and yes, it did. Oh. And I went to go get it put, put back in, you know, and like nothing, you know, no general, oh. no numbing, no nothing. Oh. And I'm, and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> oh God. I've just... heard really horrible stories about that. It's, it, I mean, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not like, great. I mean, we could be doing something else. Yeah. I mean, I'd yeah. like a little, you know, sandwich or. Yeah, I, right. I'd like a sandwich with or without my IED. I just yeah. Like, you I know, just like and me. like a little pain med yeah. for that. You know, yeah. you give me like a Valium at least. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like. Check out for the day. Give me a diazepam. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, I know. <laughs> so along the lines of birth and postpartum, what are a couple tips? And, you know, I'm sure you could ask a lot about if there's a way to prevent tearing mm-hmm. um, and like how, if there's some tips for like making the labor process potentially mm-hmm. easier, what are mm-hmm. like top two tips for like tearing and labor and then um maybe like top two tips for postpartum like and these can mm-hmm. be you know general you know we're speaking yeah. to, to women who are are pregnant or you know maybe we'll be in the future what would you yeah. say this would be and sorry if you can hear my dog barking she's um the oh, no. and the mailman the mailman comes every day but every day <laughs> it's a shock it's still a shock every it's day She's like, so, that guy is here again. Yeah, he's here to rob us. I'm like, nope, he's just, gonna, mm-hmm. we have envelopes. Okay, so a couple <laughs> tips there. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, great question. So I actually have a system for birth prep. I call it the three Ps. Ooh. And this 
is, and this is what I teach in my webinars and my online courses. So it stands, the first piece stands for perineal massage. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to reduce the risk of significant tearing and trauma by starting to kind of prep the tissue in the pelvic floor by specific stretches and positions and exercises for that. Um, And I teach kind of more specifically how to do that. So perineal massage is the first P. Second is I call push practice. Okay. So this is where we, I teach women how to actually push, okay. like how to get their pelvic floor mm. to bear down and lengthen. Awesome. A lot of times people think that pelvic floor muscles push a baby out. So mm-hmm. like we need to do Kegels for mm-hmm. birth, mm. but it's the opposite. Got it. Pelvic floor muscles basically have to like go away. Okay. They have to get out of the way. Okay. And so we have to learn how to help them do that. Okay. So I teach that how to do that. Okay. And then I teach them how to do that in different positions that you might choose to birth in. Okay. So whether, you oh. know, you get a better push in sideline versus squatting mm-hmm. or, you know, semi-reclined or in the tub or whatever the case may be. We kind of Mm -hmm. practice all of these different positions. So you and your partner, if you have one, Mm -hmm. get a feel of like what it may be like. So like the first time you're not trying to get on your side and push a baby out is like when the baby is crowning, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I've done this. I know this. And the partner or whoever your support person is, has been like, okay, I know I can hold the leg here, or I know that she likes this. So like- practiced it, right? It's just like a baseball pitcher, right? We teach baseball pitchers how to pitch. Yes. (laughs) They don't just like go out onto like a major league game touching a baseball before, you know? So it's the same kind of idea, right? It's like, let's train for this. And then the third P is practice like you play. So this is where we put all three things together. Okay. For example, I would have somebody doing the perineal massage techniques that I teach in a birthing position that they like with some of the pushing. So we're starting to really kind of put ourselves in these functional positions and get used to, okay, so like if this is starting to burn or stretch a little bit, like I've been here before, you know, and then we can go there. So Yeah. So we teach that in our courses and our online programs. The other tip I would say for birth, and I think this is really important, is to have kind of these. So like I put a manual together in our courses that have like pre-scripted questions for your providers that you can take in to your appointments. Like so helpful. Yeah, like per trimester. So and it's not just like how big should the baby. Yeah. Like it's not like how big should the baby be or how much weight should I gain? It's like, what is your rate of episiotomy? How do we make the decision oh, about my gosh. instruments? Yeah. You know, like uh, how would we decide to go to C-section? Who, you know, would repair uh, a grade three tear? So like, yeah, like all of these like pelvic incredible. floor specific questions. So you can start to think about, yeah. you know, what could happen and what the answers would be. So Ooh. you're not like blindsided. So So I think having that ahead of time can really take a lot of the anxiety of the unknown away, which will put you in a better headspace for delivery, right? Which you you need that. Yeah. hundred percent. It's very mental. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
So cool. Um, so I, I have it. that because a lot of times people don't even know like what they should be asking. Oh, I know. Oh, hundred you know? percent. Where do we yeah. ever learn that unless like no. our friends tell us or something? Yeah. And our, our right. like our moms forget, like it's been a while, you know? So yeah. Yeah. And then if your friend says like, oh, I had an episiotomy, you're like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Like, uh-huh. you know? right. And so then you don't think about it, but yes. it's like after the fact, if you had something like that happen, then you'll be like, man, they didn't even tell me that they were going to come yeah, right. or they didn't even, I didn't even know that that was like, I didn't even see the scalpel. Like uh, they don't, you uh, know, it's like, you don't even know. So, right. so I think those are two, like, you know, the three P's is one. And then kind of these like, you know, yeah. questions ahead of time. And then for postpartum, Mm -hmm. really kind of like the big problem, I mean, there's a lot of problems, but I would, in my opinion, one of the biggest problems is this time from, you know, day one to six weeks postpartum. Mm -hmm. It's like this like black hole (laughs) of postpartum, like hell. Yeah. It's just this like (laughs) chasm, right? It's like we go from you know, a hundred percent attention on us to zero attention on us mm-hmm. while we're physically recovering yes. from either a major abdominal surgery right. or a vaginal delivery. Yes. You know, we have hormones are dropping. We haven't yes. slept. Mm-hmm. We're trying to keep the screaming baby alive. This might mm-hmm. be our first time doing it. Maybe we have a toddler at home. I say, you know, you little, yeah, that was so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, and you're yeah. like, oh my God, I, how am I going to poop? You know, like my bottle yeah. is ripped open. You know, it's like this, this huge, and then, and they tell you, you know, like, don't do anything. You know, you shouldn't be lifting 10 pounds. Like, uh, you shouldn't be doing this and shouldn't be doing that. And you're like, okay, well, I have a toddler. And my toddler's like, carry me. Right. Right. Those were the two words that were screamed at me for. Yeah. For- yeah. All the time. All the time. <gasps> up, mama up, mama. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Like, yeah. Just rest. Yeah. Just right. Sleep when the baby sleeps. So, (laughs) so there's like this whole kind of acute recovery portion that's missing in birth that is present with every other procedure. Mm. So for example, like if, if there's, you know, let's say you have, I don't know, whatever, like a gallbladder surgery or a, you know, knee surgery, like you get kind of, you know, this is how you need to be moving in the bed. And this Mm -hmm. is, you know, like what you need to do for pain. And this is what, who you call, if you notice your incision is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing like that for for postpartum, especially C-section and for our C-section moms, like we need to teach them in these early stages, like how to get out of bed, how to lift the baby, how to cough, right? you know, like, because your stomach was just cut open. So, so I think, you know, big tip for early postpartum is to think about kind of these like early things and either get with somebody like me who does virtual sessions, um, or like has an online program Mm-hmm. So you can have kind of this like early recovery, you know, yes. as far as pain management, mm-hmm. as far as swelling, as far as tissue healing, yeah. early mobility, uh, like a safe walking program before the six week mark. Because mm-hmm. what happens is that there's nothing at all. And then at six weeks, it's like, okay, you're good. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But there's been this whole period of like atrophy, basically. Yes. <laughs> you know? And then so. How are you going to, like, if you were a runner or whatever, how are you going to just like start running at six Mm -hmm. weeks postpartum when like you didn't run at all 
And then you were pregnant for nine months. So like that does like that doesn't make sense. So this yes. whole kind of idea of like early recovery and like some core and pelvic floor stuff from the beginning before jumping back into CrossFit or spin or bar or whatever it is that you want to do. Love that. Um, mm-hmm. So th- there's kind of like a lot rolled into one, but I think really thinking about postpartum in these kind of like phases, you know, as opposed to time, right? Like, right. It's not that you're supposed to be, you know, X, Y, Z at six weeks. Mm-hmm. It's like this whole phase might last, mm-hmm. you know, eight months or yeah. 12 months. And then however long it lasts for you is fine. And then we move to right. phase two, right? Yes. Once we, yes. so instead of putting like a time limit on, you know, this kind of like, oh, you should be doing some, you should be doing X, Y, Z at six weeks. It's like, well, right. let's, let's look at it kind of more as like a phase and function. Yes. Yeah. And totally case by case. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. There's so much good stuff here. and. I've said this a million times, which is so important. And I just don't get it why we don't, why we don't learn more about this. You're amazing yeah. for oh, doing this and yeah. just taking this on and being that person. I know, you know, so many women are are curious about how to prevent complications. And you're right, that preventative, you know, taking that preventative approach is key. And yeah. love that you're focused on that. So yeah. Yeah. Please, please tell listeners how they can find you. Tell us about you have a free webinar. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Tell us all the things how people can work with you and you know what they can do to to prep for this super wild time in life. Yes, it is like the wild, <laughs> wild west. Isn't it, it is. Um, <laughs> I can personally vouch. Yes. Same. <laughs> Same, same, same. So I would say um, if you just Google me, uh, Marcy Crouch or the Down There Doc, okay, it'll my website will come up. I'm um, the Down There Doc dot com. I'm such on a Instagram. great name. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I'm on um, Instagram, TikTok, Lemon Eight. Apparently, is like a new app. I don't know. Oh my god, I feel old. What is it? I don't. I don't even know. Lime? It's called Lemon and then Eight. <laughs> Oh, wow. I have no idea. My intern um, who was in college was like, oh, there's a new app. And I was like, okay, whatever. We're on there apparently. Okay, Um, cool. Yeah, no idea. Most of the time I spend out on Instagram. So like, yeah, right. Instagram. Yeah. And then we have a podcast also called No Mama Left Behind. Mm -hmm. Um, That will be coming out later this year as well. My podcast partner is on maternity leave with her second. So, yep, yep. So we'll be recording, you know, probably. In a couple months from now. And then um, our webinar. So on our website, the downthereDoc.com, you can we have a whole bunch of freebies. We have like some PDF downloads, we have some free videos. Awesome. Um, and then we do a webinar pretty frequently um called Push Prep 101. Awesome. And it's about an hour. Uh, I teach you the three P's and then awesome. we do like a Q&A and we connect with other moms. And it's really great because there's women kind of from all over the world that come in. Mm. Um and then I have our paid online programs and we do, we have three right now. Um, one is called Elevate Your Birth. So it's mm. it's kind of like the webinar, but on steroids basically. Okay. And then we have 
um, the early days, which is a manual that we put together for that like early recovery phase. Uh, and then we have our postpartum office. <laughs> yes, I know. And then we have uh, postpartum pelvic floor kind of longer term recovery program. Amazing. So that's what, that was what we have now. We're restructuring a little bit and kind of combining some things and updating okay. some videos and, and that sort of thing. So hopefully that the new stuff will be out by the end of the year. Um, Perfect. but you know, if people want to get into the programs now, you know, you have lifetime access. So when the new stuff comes out, you'll just get shifted over to that group. Awesome. And as you just said, you know, it goes by nine months goes by so fast, you know, oh, so mm-hmm. there, it's never too early. It's never too late. You know, we want to just make sure you have what you need. That's so true. I know. I feel like it goes by so fast for everyone except the pregnant woman, but <laughs> I know. I know. Go by so fast. Oh, thank you so much, Marcy. And I will all of this good stuff in the show notes so everyone can can check you out because I know you can help so many listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love chatting with you and and I hope hope this was helpful for all you ladies out there. I I know it will be. If you like this episode, don't forget to review my podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's what keeps me running. Thanks for listening to the Imperfect PCOS Podcast.